This is Moments with Foo with James Foo Torres, better known as Foo, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Moments with Foo is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Foo. Welcome to Moments with Fu. I'm your host, James Fu Torres, or you can call me Fu, and today I'm with a podcast. Today I have Bill Con- Connerly. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I struggle with that. And uh, he is an economist, a speaker, a consultant, and a Forbes contributor. And I'm going to let him tell you more about that. But first, Bill, how are you? I'm great, Fu, having a great week, and I hope you are too. Yeah, uh, I am. I mean, just starting out, right? Like it's Tuesday, but it's been good. So it was a good Monday. Sometimes Mondays can be overwhelming, but yeah. it really was good. Things are moving, so I'm excited. Uh, and, you know, we're both here in, in, in Oregon, so it's, you know, gloomy days. But, um, you know, at least it's green, right? <laughs> true, true. Anyway, so let's kick it over with a quick introduction about yourself and your practice. Yeah. Well, I fell in love with economics when I was 16 years old had a head for mathematics, but I thought math was boring, was interested in the real world, but like political conversations seemed to lack a foundation. And when I discovered economics, I'm like, oh, this is uh, using mathematical style reasoning, but about the real world, about business, about public policy. And I've done a wide variety of things in the economics area, but what I really enjoy is helping business leaders understand how the economy is impacting them and what should be at the top of their to-do list. Awesome. And that's, that's amazing. Uh, because, uh, I like, I'm, I come from a background that I always, and I'm still to this day, like math and science was like my favorite things. Right. Yeah. And, and now as a publicist, you know, or like PR strategist, uh, in this PR world, I don't I don't use too much of like the math the math except obviously there's always data and comparing those things. But um, I really like when I was in college, I was, I took um, microeconomics and also macroeconomics, yeah. and I really like them, especially the micro. Uh, and I guess you know that's why I'm a business owner too. Like I, I really like that the offer and demand and all that. Like I really yeah. dig into that and and really like this. So. I'm really looking forward to to the advice that, that you're gonna give us because you know I I know that I can get some uh, very good information from you. So, you know, it, it, now uh, the the economy, you know, everybody has a concern about that. So having an economist that writes for Forbes that talks directly on how the economy affects business is perfect for this podcast. So thank you for taking this time, um, and. Um, on that note, so what is some, you know, based on what are you seeing as a, as an expert on, on this field, how are you seeing uh, the economy affecting business owners right now? And what do you see the trend to be for this year? Well, Fu, it's kind of tough to say how the economy is affecting, you know, business because businesses are so different. If you have been, say, originating mortgages and helping people refinance their mortgages, you had a great couple of years, but the last six months have been a disaster. But if you're in healthcare, everything is still busy. 
So one of the things I recommend business leaders understand and think about is just where they stand in the economy. How cyclical is their industry? Uh, people in construction know that it's a boom bust sector. Manufacturing tends to be that way. Services tend to be more steady. And most business leaders know this, but sometimes uh, there's a cacophony of data coming in and they don't quite remember where they fit in the, the grand scheme of things. Like we've had rising interest rates, you know, right now, for those who are looking at this recording later, it's February, 2023. We've had rising interest rates for almost a year. And uh, some industries are very, very sensitive to rising interest rates. You know, I mentioned uh, mortgage brokerage, but housing construction, housing is the ground zero on interest rate effects, but also business capital spending, non-residential construction. And what I work with business leaders to remind them of, they, they know how cyclical their industries are. They've lived through it. And they tend to have a gut feel about whether they're early stage, that is very sensitive to the economy, uh, excuse me, very sensitive to interest rates. So that's the first stage. Or if a later stage of effect uh, where you get the ripple effects, interest rates have messed up housing, and then there are ripple effects to the whole economy. But what I have found is that when I ask business leaders these questions, they understand where they fit. But in an everyday environment, there's just so much news. The trade deficit is up this morning. Well, for most businesses, that doesn't make a bit of difference, yet it's information coming in and people are saying, oh, maybe I ought to think about this or a recession forecast. You know, and with all of this economic information coming in, what I find is business leaders need uh, help thinking through through what's important to them and what's not important. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that, and I guess that's that's where like the, the consulting and also like the speaker comes into play, right? Like as an economist, you're you're in it, right? Like you're you're yeah. you're there, like you're studying this. You told me, right? Like you look at data all the time, so you're keeping up with everything on a very like high level. Because I mean, as an expert, as a subject matter expert, right? And then you kind of translate that okay what does this really mean not just like the clickbait news thing right. that like they just want to get views and stuff right of course they're gonna say look i do it too with my content we always like we all do it like we want to yeah. be polarizing and we want to do this thing so it's good to have somebody that can uh, digest that right and then bring it into very uh actionable and 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 practical not just like just just saying things uh and that that's pretty cool so that i can see how that you know when you're speaking you can get perspective and when you're consulting you can actually you know get in and you know do stuff and really push people in the right direction what this really means rather than just be scared and just scrambling right so I, yeah, I see yeah and it you know th that's a good point foo um humans evolved to avoid threats and our, somewhere in our, our brain, the reptilian side of our brain, uh, we are very alert to a rustling in the bushes that might be a snake or a tiger or something. And the people who were not worried about that, they did not 
live long enough to pass on their genes to the next generation. So we are all the descendants of people who were very nervous about little noises could be bad news. And we tend to be less focused <laughs> on the good news. And as a result, th th there are a couple of problems here. One is that we will be more alert to bad news. Now, some people are optimists. I'm an optimist. And whenever, when I see good news, I'm like, yes, it reinforces mm -hmm. you know, my feelings. And uh, But we all tend to have a bias, more often negative, but sometimes positive. And not only that, if we work with uh, subordinates, people working with us, the subordinate knows the boss's bias. So if the, the boss has a bias to say, oh, you know, things are going bad, then the subordinates are not going to be bringing good news into the boss because that's not what the boss wants to hear. You don't want to contradict the boss. So the subordinates tend to reinforce the boss's prior beliefs, which means that the boss really isn't getting any outside input. So mm -hmm. that led me to wonder, well, what do you do if you're leading an organization and you've got your own biases the people who work with you know your biases and try to reinforce those. How the heck do you get information about what's going on? So I developed the idea of an economics dashboard where a company says, oh, what, what industry am I in? Who are my customers? What drives their customers to buy? And then lays the, the dashboard lays out, I need to look at this. I need to look at that. I need to look at this other thing. But there's a whole bit of information I can ignore. And I should ignore because it'll fill my head with ir ir irrelevant stuff. And is this something that um, are you using like a software or or like what are you doing for for this? Because I'm guessing you you know when you consultancy work you you oh, implement these things, right? This is my software. It's kind of soft. It's a pad and paper, <laughs> you know. Uh, so um, I was working with a guy and uh, a service. Uh, company, you know, 30, 40 employees. And we talked about who buys their, their service and what motivates the customer to buy the service. And we then identified economic drivers. It's not all the economy, but the economy is a lot. So uh, what would we want to see in the local economy that uh, this uh, company serves? What would we want to see in the local economy to, that would be optimistic? What would be negative? And then we have a dashboard and it's something that the person can review every quarter. Uh, I think every three months is a good pace for an economic update. And, uh, you know, it varies. One of the th things that I add to the conversation that the typical business leader maybe isn't ready to do uh, him or herself is I know all the data sources and uh, th sometimes there's an industry specific data source but most of the data that business leaders need is published by the federal government but if you're not used to knowing hey this is where I get industrial production data this is where I get retail sales data this is where I get inventory data um, it, it's kind of hard to navigate that. And that's something that uh, an experienced economist adds to the mix. Yeah. And, and obviously like not only look for it, but also know how to interpret it 
right? And how to like decide, like you said, like this is something you should put attention and put or not. And just curiosity, when I was saying like the the software, do you so? What is this dashboard? Like you say, like you I, do you present to them? Do you present them like uh like an Excel sheet or like yeah? Uh, and uh, I like charts, um, and I think that gives me a a good understanding. And it gives people understanding. I will see a newspaper headline that have you ever wanted to like murder a headline writer? Uh, you know, that happens to me periodically. Uh, oh, and I saw a Twitter post about a headline in which they said the Grammy best song winner is an unknown artist. Well, it was Bonnie Raitt announced just, you know, a day or two. I've been listening to Bonnie Raitt since... You know, I was a young, a young guy. How can they say she's unknown? Anyway, I see this in economics. I'll see some variable is going up, up, down a little bit, up, 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 down a little bit, up, up, up. And then it takes another little tiny blip downward. And the headline says, major drop. Uh, and I'm like, you know, look at the chart, man. You'll see what's the normal wiggle and what's the trend. So I like charts. And uh, in fact, I've got a... Um, uh, a, a newsletter that I put out in uh, graphical format. Uh, those watching the video can see what I do. I just sort of do a graph and then add some comments. So I really like putting charts up uh, to figure out what's a what's a little wiggle and what's a real trend. Yeah, I mean, we are as humans. Majority of us were very visual learners, learners. So when you make it, that's why I was asking about the dashboard because I'm a very visual person, and most people are. So uh, like being able to to understand because the dashboard is something that you can easily see, right? Uh, it's just yeah. like here, right? I don't have to dig too much. Is it so? Yeah. That that's pretty cool. That that you know, for the people watching the video, and if you're watching the audio, like you're gonna like check it out. It's it's you just show uh, a couple of charts, and uh, yeah, that's the great way to to kind of see that, right? And, and yeah, and you know, I was talking to a business leader who is he was running about a four billion dollar organization. We were talking about dashboards and he says, yeah, I want something simple. I don't want something like a 747 dashboard, but I'm thinking the organization that he's running is more complicated than a 747. It, I mean, it, it's got thousands of people working different revenue sources, different costs. I mean, don't simplify it too much. What you need is the, the big picture, but you also need uh, the ability to drill down on those areas. So I was talking to an economist working at a fast food chain. And um, I'm like, okay, what do you do? And she says, well, okay, well, if we see that sales are up, uh, my first question is, is the average customer spending more when that customer walks in or are there more customers going in? You know, we economists call that the extensive margin, the intensive margin, but you know, it's a bigger ticket sale or more, more customers. And that sort of says, what your marketing program is doing, you know, is your marketing program getting people to buy the extra bacon and, and, and the, the big shake instead of the, the, the cheap soft drink, or is your marketing program getting more people to come in and try and being able to, to drill down sometimes at a large corporation, it's not the, the, the CEO's job to do the drill down. But the CEO needs to ask the right questions 
and have people who can do it. Or in a smaller company, the CEO needs to um, uh, know when to go drill down and say, we need to learn more about this customer segment or this cost element. And you have as much experience probably as I do talking with young entrepreneurs, you know, getting started. And what it seems to me, and tell me if you agree with this, that it's a real judgment call. Some people dive into the data so much that they don't get anything accomplished, you know, paralysis of analysis. Uh, and other people don't look in when they should. What's been your experience? How does a business leader do a good job there? Uh, so data is is important. You should definitely look at it. But like you said, like just the, the there's being in any extreme is always bad. So you always have to just consume as much as you as you need to 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 be able to take action and then keep testing. And and also it's it's there's a lot of things that are like numbers are not everything, right? Like there is other factors. Uh, for example, in PR, uh, there's this thing that we call the dark funnel. And that's something that is being used not just on PR, it's also being used just in general uh, marketing because Nowadays, like with content, with uh, podcasts and it, doing your own and then from other people, you can get into places like so many different ways that the data doesn't accurately represent how the cell was actually made just because they came through Google doesn't mean that it was SEO because it could have been that uh, some, someone heard, listened to a podcast, that podcast got sent to a Slack channel, that that the board of, of directors got it from that Slack channel. And now they Google because they remember the name and then just put the name and now they got there. In reality, the SEO, it wasn't like that big of a deal, only that obviously that when they type it come up, but you know, they put the perfect keyword, like they're going to come up. Right. So is the equivalent that that's kind of how I compare, you know, given my expertise and how I compare with what you were saying of like, not necessarily all this data, it means like just, oh, just numbers. It's like, oh, there was a pandemic happening. So obviously like stuff is going to happen in that economy, not necessarily that we have a bad economy. Right. So that, that's, that's why, what my take on, on that. Yeah, yeah, and that is consistent with my own experience. When when people call me up and say, "Hey, our board of directors is having a meeting. Can you come in and speak?" I'm like, "Well, how did you hear about me?" And I get a lot of head scratching. They don't. Sometimes they do, but oftentimes it's like my name came up in a conversation. They saw an article that I wrote, and then somebody forwarded my newsletter to them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy." Uh, so. All I know to do about marketing is do a whole bunch and don't expect any one thing to work. Exactly. So that's what I really like. Uh, I really like what you're doing. Um, you know, being a speaker, being in podcasts like this, uh, writing for Forbes, and uh, and just kind of like combining that. Like you're also like you know, we I found you on LinkedIn, right? So having all those different pieces that are authoritative also uh, uh, being as digitally omnipresent as possible and then giving constant value with your newsletter that has very like you want to just uh right now for example you're a business leader that you want to get uh the information for an economist i will put the the link here for the for the right. 
for the newsletter. So then you can just sign in. And then now, like, you don't have to worry about like, oh, what the news are saying about the economy, how it affects you, right. you get them right to digest it there for you. So, you know, as long as you give a lot of value and yeah. you are very intentional about positioning yourself in, in to leverage as many platforms as possible, like you're doing, right? Like you're leveraging all these different platforms. That's what I um, really advise to my clients. So, you know, that's why like, you know, I got suggested somebody mentioned your name on a friend of mine. And then that's how I like, I was, cause it was not just you, like we were like talking about a couple of people and then your name came up. How did he find you? I don't even know. Right. Like it was just, Oh, he, your name. Then I look, I Google you, I check your stuff and I really liked it. We connected and then boom, like we're here. Right. So it's, it's, it's about just, putting as much of yourself out there and do it strategically. And, and most importantly, just give as much value as possible. Because when you give everything, like literally, like just give everything, everything from what you're doing in the background, everything, then just sell implementation to people. Knowledge, you know, like, you know, information's out there. Just be that asset for them. And then, you know, they'll find their way to yeah. you. That's right. It. And the other thing that uh, I do, maybe this is going off track a little bit, but That's fine. <laughs> I get a lot of benefit from the people I talk to about the economy. So I was in, um, um, I was in Laguna Beach, nice, nice presentation, Western bankers, uh, talking to bankers. And uh, officially, I was there to help them understand how the economy would impact banking. But every conversation I had, well, how's, how's business? What are your challenges? What are your opportunities? And then I'll be speaking to um, adhesives people, people who sell glue and stick them and that kind of stuff. And I will share with them what I learned from the bankers. And then I will go to some real estate people and share with them what I heard from the adhesives people. <laughs> and it's like a daisy chain. But uh, I, I really love talking about the economy and I pick up a lot of information from talking to business leaders. And that's one of the things that I think is a sign of a good business leader with respect to economics is curiosity. Talking Definitely. to people, hey, what's going on? What are you seeing? And, and some of the information is not directly relevant and perhaps it becomes a part of that cacophony. But I look at statistics a lot, but I really feel that the texture of a conversation, I get a better sense of what's going on than just looking at a number. A hundred percent. And, and uh, that also uh, uh, relates, uh, I can relate to that because I'm not an economist, but as a, as a PR person and also like as just as a podcast host uh, in I, I'm so curious. Like I'm very, I, you can tell, like I was like, oh, what is it about the dashboard and how do you do it? and all that, right? Like I'm digging, like I, because I genuinely curious because I love, love knowing. And also that's why it's good for the podcast host because I'm giving, I'm getting this for the audience, right? Like I'm just digging here, right? Like just all like the golden nuggets that I can rather than here, just talk about, oh, how great we are or whatever, right? It's, it's yeah. more about like, how deep of an information, right? Like how much perspective can we give to people and how much takeaway so people come out of this conversation and they feel like they either have something that they can apply or now something that changed their mindset that they will change the way that they do or say or, you know, think right. even, right? So that that is that is pretty cool. So 
you know, Bill, um, I think this has been a, a great conversation. So, you know, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to, you know, one last biggest takeaways that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I would say that the key to understand the, the economy is knowing what's really important for you to pay attention to. And uh, you've probably, um, I, I don't know whether you go into bars, taverns, that kind of stuff, but imagine Friday afternoon after work, you go into a crowded tavern and there are a lot of voices and you go up to the bar, you're hearing conversations all around you, but you don't really hear the conversation, it's just noise. But in my case, if somebody starts talking about sailing, which is what I like to do, uh, all of a sudden I hear that conversation and I don't hear anything else. Uh, I have a friend who will hear the golf conversation. My wife will notice uh, a, a Scandinavian accent. I have a son who will pick up on AI conversations. We all are sort of attuned to different things. So I think of, suppose you walk into the economics tavern with all of these economists talking about the latest numbers. It's, it's just noise, but a business leader should know which conversations should perk, perk his or her ear up. And if you're selling to people whose income depends on dividends. Oh, well, let's listen to this conversation. But if you're selling to everyday working people, let's listen to that conversation. And think of that as how you filter through all of the economics news that you get, what is particularly relevant to the organization that, uh, 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 that you're running. And one last thought, I think the economy is tremendously important Important, but the economy is not is not your destiny. You know, a, a business leader's destiny is how well customers are served uh, in terms of getting what they want and how efficiently they're served, so that the costs of serving the customer are not too high. That is the destiny. The economy is simply the environment in which you pursue your destiny. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you can. Uh, I have a, my client, David A. Press, he's a tax strategist and uh, he has this, his movement and the name of his book is called Build Your Own Economy. And, uh, and, and, and that is based on living life on your own terms. And regardless of what the economy is doing, you can always do things to stay ahead, right? And if you're always being proactive rather than just waiting until things happen, you can always be be ready for whatever the economy throws at you. That's why he says, like, you know, build your own economy. So it goes very, very good with these things. And and also, like, I was looking at my notes. That we were talking on last conversation. It's like noise versus signal, yeah. right? I like noise, like that. And and I asked you, I was like, what do you mean exactly, right? And and what he told me was the it's uh, noise you know let's say compared with radio right it's like oh that that static like you know like but then the signals when you're actually picking up a station right so then it's just be be aware that you you know be a radio that that that's picking up the signal rather than the noise right so that's kind of what and you you told me that you you were thinking about doing a a Forbes article about that so like are you working on that just curious yeah yeah uh, it's um probably going to come out uh, either end of this week or early next week so nice so yeah uh, you know probably. if you if you just google my name bill connerly and forbes you'll come up with my uh, articles and there i am awesome is there any other way that you like people to find you 
Yeah. Um, you know, the economics newsletter is probably the best way for most people to look at me. And if you just Google my name, Bill Connerly, um, Connerly Consulting, uh, Mr. Google knows how to spell my name, even if you don't. And you'll find my uh, website, uh, ConnerlyConsulting.com. And then um, there's a newsletter sign up sheet there. I'd be Perfect. happy to uh, share that with all of the viewers here. Yeah. And if if you uh I don't know if you already submitted that link already for my admin, uh, but if you haven't, then just send make sure that you send that to me. So right. we we make sure we put it in the description. Will so do. that way we can people that um to to get to do that because uh, that's pretty interesting. And I think you know my audience is kind of perfect, right? All business leaders. So uh I think that's that's very fitting. So thanks for taking the time, you know, like you're so busy doing all these things and, and, and I, you know, given that you're local, so hopefully, you know, we can meet in person and maybe yeah. even recording person later. Right. Well, we talked last time, so we can go to that tavern, right. We'll go to the economist <laughs> tavern. Right. Oh, uh, well, we, we can, we can do something. Um, I'm, I'm doing a in-person podcast. Uh, my first one actually is going to be next week and uh, here in Hillsboro because it's, uh, in the wine country. So we're going to be on a winery. Uh, we got getting with videographer. We got uh, another marketer that I'm going to be uh, doing the podcast with. So if then maybe, maybe we can, instead of a tavern, well, we can do wine, right? Like that's, uh, <laughs> that uh, works for me. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but you know, again, thanks for taking the time. This has been fun. A lot of information, never had an economist here, especially with that perspective, uh, working with business owners. So thank you for the valuable content. Great chatting with you, Foo. Yeah. <laughs> So this was Bill Connerly and Fu, and this is us signing off. Thanks for listening to Moments with Fu with your host, Fu. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.